when I opened Boca, I needed to distinguish myself from the sense of like, okay, I want to be a taquera. I have to be the best taquera or I have to deliver something different. And then it's one of those things that little by little, I became in love with the blender. I became in love with the types of flavors that I can put together. And that's how my salsas became about. Every amazing flavor is an amazing human who has perfected their craft. Welcome to Flavors Unknown, a series of inspirational conversations with renowned culinary leaders. Discover how their cultural identity shapes their creative process with your host, Emmanuel. Hey there, my guest today is Chef Maria Masson from Boca Tacos y Tequila in Tucson, Arizona. We talk about her experience on Top Chef Season 18, the Sonoran influence on her cooking, her passion for creating elevated tacos and the sauces that go with them, and her future restaurant projects. I am your host, Emmanuel Roche. I have been in the food industry for more than 20 years, both in Europe and in the US. And every other week, I have genuine conversations with acclaimed American chefs, pastry chefs, and mixologists to talk about their path to success, their challenges, and how their cultural background influences their creative process. During the pandemic, I wrote my first book called Conversations Behind the Kitchen Door, based on the first three seasons of my podcast, Flavors Unknown. You can pre-order the book wherever you buy books online or on my website, flavorsunknown.com. You can also download for free the Flavors Unknown digital recipe book featuring more than 20 recipes given to me by some of the chefs featured in my book. Hi, Chef. How are you? Very good. Thank you for having me. It's an honor. Oh, thank you very much, Chef. I'm really excited to have you on the show on the podcast Flavors Unknown. So I had uh, the chance and the opportunity to have dinner at Satakos y Tequila this past January in Tucson, Arizona. So I had the pescado, I got the Dan Gibson taco, and I got the Boca Balls. So can you explain, especially the Dan Gibson taco and the Boca Balls, what they are? The recipe of the Boca Balls took me 12 years. I mean, I've been on the business 12 years. It took me a year to develop something, once again, something so simple as in a potato. You're trying to to literally respect the ingredient. And, and that's what I do here in town in my restaurant. I grab the simplest ingredients as a corn tortilla or a tomato and make into a salsa. So I try my best to respect the craft of other people in the sense of the ag agriculture or the beginning of a humble, a humble thing like the corn, that it becomes an ixtamal and then the ixtamal becomes a tortilla. So you're talking about the, you know, the tortilla and, you know, obviously you have the, you know, the, the company, the Sona Tortillas de Maiz. And so you're talking about nacidimization. So you are doing nistaminization at, uh, yes. at the place. Oh, great. Okay. So when did you start the, that business then? Well, we started, we opened to the public in December of 2021. Granted, this was delay like everything else in the world. So 
the pandemic did delay us, but everything happens for a reason. I'm not saying it's a good or bad, but yeah, the pandemic slowed us down two years. And I think it's for the better because I had to focus on other things that maybe needed my attention. We bring the corn from, from Macienda. Macienda, it's a, a company based in LA, so that we don't have to deal with export-import situation. They buy the corn from Oaxaca and other parts of Mexico, which is a fair trade, which that for me is very important, that everybody deserves the respect and the money they craft deserve. So we bring the corn, we cook it for a couple of hours with lime, which is cal, C-A-L, cal. And then we cook it, we wash it, and then we put it in our molino with the stones, with a piedra, and we grind it. Ironically, not ironically, but weirdly enough, I give mine an extra extra juice. I blend mine again because it's not 100% nixtamal. What I have here at Sona is 40% to 60% ratio, the masa, the masa harina, you know, the powder already from the same. Because if my tortillas were to be 100% nixtamal, they have very little shelf life. And the American people don't buy as much tortillas as, as Latinos. So, and it's better for the, for the, uh, for the pocket, you know. I work very hard on finding the, the perfect recipe, the perfect ratio of nixtamal with, with the masarina. And, and nothing brings me more joy to be able to pair up with my baby brother. He is my business partner in this endeavor. In the bodega? In, in, in the tortilla. In the tortilla yeah, and bodega. Sona. Yeah, see? See, okay. yeah. Sona, and I'm going to tell you Sona why. Because Sona is S-O mm-hmm. from Sonora, which mm-hmm. I'm from. And N-A from Arizona. Got it. So it tells you where I started in Sonora yeah. and tells you where I finished in Arizona. Arizona. Okay. And so what was like the the original uh, need for you to uh, to create this company? Because you, you, you created Boca and you launched Boca 12 years ago. So I'm guessing you were using a different, you know, tortilla at a time. And then you decided to, you know, make your own. So why? Well... Because it was enough, en- enough was enough. I-, I always wanted and I always believed that Mexican ingredients are gorgeous. So I wanted to showcase the nixtamal, the nixtamalization of everything. And the time was right. I was ready. But God forbid, knock on wood, doesn't have growing pains anymore. It's a, it's a teenager. So I could focus myself in other things. And what better endeavor that with, with my brother that just got married and have that balance because we are water and oil, me and him. (laughs) But that I I think so far that works. He's learning from me and I'm learning from him. Okay. I'm planning to open two more restaurants as we speak. Okay, great. Where where about in in Tucson as well? In Tucson Mm -hmm. and Tucson. One is by the U of A, more on Tucson and Sixth Avenue. And the other one is by the Foothills. I pair up with a, an amazing human being. I have the fortunate to call him my friend. And it, he's the owner of a brewery. So he has his strains. I have mine. Might as well put them together. Great. So. And are they going to be Boca Tacos as well or something else? No. I don't know. No, have. something else. Okay. No, there's only one Boca. I don't know. It um, could be, you know, <laughs> Boca 2 and Boca 3. <laughs> well, the thing is... 
And I say this with the most respect. I am tired of cooking tacos. I want to cook something else okay, because sense. I'm still I'm I'm still a chef. So when you name something, you know, if I would have put, you know, Boca Burgers, which is a Boca Burger sure, somewhere, sure. I know I've seen it at yeah, yeah, yeah. Costco. Yes. I would, you know, I would have like just cook burgers. And I knew going into my journey as a chef and a business owner that I was going to cook tacos. So I'm not, I'm not complaining, but I want to cook something okay. else. Can you talk about what those concepts are going to be or it's too early? One is a brewery. It's an extension of the brewery okay. with a, it's called Borderlands and Kitchen by Maria Maison, Chef Maria Maison. The menu is still in the works, but it's very Mexican. There's no, no such thing. I haven't seen some, something like that here in Tucson. And then the other one, because it's, it's a different, you know, a little bit high end. But I am treating that restaurant as an, I don't know, dad, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever, just finished golf on a Friday or Saturday, still wearing shorts, fit flops, want a nice glass of wine, a nice glass of beer and a nice steak or something with the Mexican flair. You can find it there. I believe that good ingredients can speak by themselves and I don't have to charge an arm and a leg. Very good. So if we come back to the Boca Taco Place, obviously you said that you did like the elevation or elevated experience of uh, the classic tacos. Obviously there's the Piscado, there's the Camarón, there's the Carne Asada, which is the Dan Gibson taco, I guess, the Al Pastor and uh, the Pollo, the Barbacoa. Are you thinking about doing other tacos like the Taco de Birria or Taco de Chapulín or our Taco de Cochinita Pibil or it's not? I've done, I've done the Chapulines on, on bef before, I, before I stopped. I, ha I used to have exotic taco Wednesdays. And that's what I, I started when I started in a different, I was on Speedway here in Tucson. I started a, a playing with other proteins. I do have the birria and the, the birria and the barbacoa. They're mixed together. And that's the Dan Gibson, actually. Oh, okay. But, okay. Got but it. I didn't co yeah, cochinita pibil, pibil. I do it as a special. Like I do a fish on pibil sauce. I don't want to put everything on the menu because I want to introduce them little by little. Specials. Specials. Yeah. So like today, my weekend special today is morels. Oh, yeah. I've seen that on your uh, on the Instagram. Morels with cactus. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. No palace. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. With with like uh, shooty butter. I'm like, yeah. oh, <laughs> I had to fly <laughs> back to Tucson. <laughs> I love morels. So, so, yeah. Yeah. So it's one of those things that I want to keep them. Uh -huh. And then when this the, the time, the right is the time is right. I release them little by little. Got it. That's a great uh, strategy. Yeah, very cool. And you know what? Something that I was amazed with was the all the salsas that you have. So <laughs> I had I had the the day I was there, there were four. I had the pickle jalapeno tomato. I had the berry morita. That was fantastic. Mm -hmm. And then Thank I was you. surprised the coconut curry bonzo. <laughs> <laughs> and then the tomatilla sauces. So are they like four signature sauces that you have or are you rotating them? How, how I change them. I change them daily. Daily? Daily. I think over my career so far, the other day my wife and I were counting and I think I, I've done about 5,000 to 8,000 salsas in the 12 oh, wow. years. When I open, the reasoning behind the salsas, when I open Boca, 
I needed to distinguish myself from the sense of like, okay, I want to be a taquera. I have to be the best taquera or I have to deliver something different. And then it's one of those things that little by little, I became in love with the blender. I became in love with the types of flavors that I can put together. That's how my salsas became about. How did you come up with this combo of like the coconut curry and garbanzo beans? I try to, once again, I mean, I'm a business owner first. So whatever is on special, whatever, you know, whatever is on sale, whatever. I don't know if you can see it over there in the camera. All that, it's my, my herb garden. It's 100% organic. So I have like, right now I have pineapple sage. I have blueberries, believe it or not strawberries, hoja santa, four types of basil, four types of mint, dill, and, and fennel. The salsas were something that I allowed me, allowed me as a chef to still be creative, still cooking tacos and not get bored. That is the number one key, I think, for us chefs, because you don't want to get bored, because if you get bored, you get burned out. So that's why the salsas and, and, and that's why, I mean, and, and then I get the fun to support other local businesses and other, you know, and all that. So it's always what goes around comes around. Okay. So you're talking about the importance of creative for, creativity for you. So what are your sources of inspiration? Ay, ay, ay. ay, ay, ay. My sources of inspiration. <laughs> Honestly, it can be literally a trip to the grocery store. I find my creativity, whatever I can get it, man. It's one of those things. I'm excited now that I'm going to go to Mexico oh, in the okay. summer. Mm -hmm. I'm going to take my son to Mexico de Efe. And I also want to take my wife. My wife and I will take our son. We're going to go to Mexico one week and we're going to go to Quintana Roo. I've never been to Quintana Roo. I'm excited. My son, he's very interested in, in the Mayan ruins and all that. So I'm not going to lie to you. I cannot wait because I want to come back recharged yeah okay and for your new project i guess yes absolutely oh yes absolutely so you are born in tucson arizona but you were raised in the sonora region in in mexico so do you still have memories of aroma and flavors that reminds you of the time like in the in the sonora region yeah i mean I don't go too far the other day i was grilling steaks at home and i had charcoal So I put the charcoal and then I, I lighted up the carbon. And that smell literally brought me back to Mexico, Las Taquerias, back to, to when I was 12 years old and, and, you know, and had, had no bills, nothing to pay. <laughs> I'm blessed in the sense that my family, actually my mom, my sister are here in Tucson. So I'm, I am blessed that I'm always reminded about my son. I don't think I can go back and live there as a grown-up now. I love Tucson. I love the United States, what the life here in the States has to offer. I love the pa fast pace. But Sonora, I find Sonora in every corner okay. here in Tucson. I mean, it's it's we share the same sunsets. So. The same sunsets, the same deserts. Yes, absolutely. There's, you know, other tastes, you know, from the Sonora that you, you incorporate in your in your cooking. So I'm I'm guessing the the carne asada comes from there, correct? Because there's yeah. a lot of cattle. Yeah. You know, it's a cattle state, the, the Sonora state in in Mexico. But beside the asada, is there's any any other flavors that you incorporate in Boca? 
I do the chiltepin. Chiltepin is it's a must. I mean, it's grown wild, wild chili that I just learned in the ca- in the past months that chiltepin is the mother chile. And then every chili in the world has the chiltepin DNA. Oh, wow. Okay. I didn't know that either. That's what that's what I learned. But no, yeah, the carne asada is a must. The Sonoran hot dogs are a must. The I bring my salt, my my sal, uh, the salt that I use, I bring it from, from Sonora as well because I it, it, it delivers a different flavor. So that's the, so it is a salt from coming from the, the Gulf of California. But yeah, so Sal Yavaros, it's Navajoa. So Navajoa is where I grew up. Okay. And then and the my aunt, it's the owner of the salt. Oh, and wow. Okay. I always, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. And I always call it saltier than salt. When I took it to the show. I took it to Top Chef and as one of my ingredients and I gave it to Tom Calicchio. And he looked at me like I was weird bringing my own salt. <laughs> and I said, no, seriously, dude, it's saltier than salt in the sense that you need very little. And he looked at me like, you crazy Mexican, but you're right. And I'm like, yeah, I know it. <laughs> so. <laughs> I talked with, with your friend, Byron Gomez, about some obviously Top Chef. So I'm, I'm curious to have your your impression as well. So first, you know, what was your motivation to participate to a Top Chef? Well, my motivation was, of course, the pandemic. I'm not going to lie to you. I got invited. I received an email saying, oh, you know, you're invited, yada, yada, yada. And I, I spaced it. And then I told my wife, by the way, I received a weird email getting invited by Top Chef, but I don't know if it's true. And she looked at me, it's like, of course, it's going to be true. I said, I don't know if I want to go because, I don't know, babe. I said, I'm a sore, sore loser. I don't want to put myself out there. And my son and her at the same time is like, hell, you're going. <laughs> so I just put it in the, I just put it in the back burner and the pandemic hit. Uh-huh. And then I said, wait a minute, hold my beer. And I went. I, 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 yeah, I went, I, you know, we, I went through the whole process psychological process. And then I, I got chosen. Wow. What an experience. I know it's a competition. I know people are searching for a title. I know people are searching for money, recognition and fame. Yes. But I didn't go there thinking any of those things. I went there with an open heart and open mind. I wanted to learn, man. I wanted to, to see if I can walk the walk. I can talk the talk in the sense that, okay, well, I am in the middle of a pandemic with 13 other strangers that apparently are good at what they do and we do the same thing. So let's let's see it. And then little by little to me it was a roller coaster in the sense I was the only mother and that was very hard for me. I did have a meltdown and it, it wasn't a meltdown. I just told one of the producers I was like I'm ready to go home. And she's like, "Was kissing?" And I said, <laughs> "Yeah." It's like give me a ticket, like I'm out. And I remember vividly that it was after the Mother's Day challenge. In the past, they used to bring your family, your kids, but it was impossible as it was the pandemic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And the whole challenge, I kid you not, I was looking up, looking for my son. So that I'm like, I'm out. So they arranged a nice phone call. See, I, I get choked up every time I talk about it. They arranged a phone call and they gave me the, the juice 
that I needed and, and the validation that, that I needed. They gave me the validation. I didn't need it from anybody else but my family. I became insecure at times like any other human being to the point of, am I too Mexican? <laughs> but I think I did okay. Yeah. So do you have any big <laughs> lessons, any big lessons that you have learned from your participation to the show? Yes. Don't let anybody or anything intimidate you. Do you. Literally, do you. I've learned that they don't want pretty food. They want good food. That's, I mean, you can put a beautiful plate, but it can taste like so. I'd rather have a glob of food and taste like a million dollars. And listen to your heart. I cook with my heart. I cook with memories. I cook with music. I cook with flavors, with smells. Do you and never doubt yourself because at the end of the day, it's a TV show. At the end of the day, you will come back to your, to your reality and your reality will be as good as it was before you left. Did it change anything for you? There's more people coming to, to Boca, I guess, since the show. Oh, my Lanta. It put me on the <laughs> eye of the tiger, man. Jeez. Yeah. It gave me that boost that the business needed after the pandemic, which is I'm forever thankful. It gave me good people and bad people, good reviews and bad reviews, like anything. But the Maria before the show would answer every single review and I would have been met. The Maria after the show is like, oh, okay, well, thank you for letting me know that we suck. I will do my best to not suck the next time. I don't take it personal in the sense that I will always take it personal, but I will not let it affect me anymore. Did you have like your favorite challenge in the show? Favorite challenge besides Restaurant Wars. That's the only one I won. That's the more important one, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the favorite challenge, the favorite challenge actually... There were two. It was the the drive-in with the movies and the one that I did with Byron. That was very significant to me and him being people of color, being Latinos, and to cook for the indigenous tribes of the area and respecting their craft. I don't think it made it on air, but the tribe picked us as our favorite dish of the night. And that's where we were there for to pay respect to the tribe and the way they eat their own food. So those two were my favorites. Okay, very good. Have you seen Byron since? Yeah, I think that he came to you. Yes, uh, yeah. he, he came to Tucson. We talk on the phone very often. We do. I talk to Byron the most, Jamie. I talk to Sarah, but I'm always the mom. I'm, I'm, I'm the mom of the show. So <laughs> somebody's birthday, I'm like, happy birthday. And I'm one of those people. <laughs> That's cute. But... I, I love them. I love every single one of them. And I, res and I honestly, it sounds very corny. I respect the crap out of everybody. I think that that was, you know, something as well that Chef Gomez mentioned is that for him, it was really an interesting moment to meet all of you and experience the cooking of everyone else. You know, him coming from like the restaurants, the different, you know, Michelin stars in the city, in New York City. And then tasting the food and outstanding food from, you know, all the other chefs at the show that was kind of open, you know, open his eyes. So he really, you know, enjoyed the whole experience for that. Let's put it this way. I travel 13 places at once in the middle of the pandemic in the matter of two months because I got to try or experience other cuisines that is not mine. <laughs> 
So I would like to pick your brain and what would be your suggestion on how home cook like myself, Vincent, can prepare one of your taco, you know, Maria style. What unique spin would you suggest us to make? And of course, what unique sauce could we, you know, as well put together? I have one. Okay, go um, ahead. I'm chili. Okay. You're going to roast it. Uh-huh. You're going to let it sweat. Once it's cooled off and all sweaty, you're going to peel it and you're going to put it aside. And then while you grill a perfect steak, medium rare is my, my venom of choice. Cut it in slices when it's ready and well rested. Grab a tortilla. The chile, actually, you can stuff it with cheese, a Oaxaca cheese. Let it melt a little bit. And then grab a tortilla, the chile with the melted cheese, pieces of steak, a little bit of a chopped cabbage, and the slices of avocado, and a squeeze of lime, and that's all she wrote. You can always have pickled onions on the fridge, purple pickled onions, julienne or slice or chopped or whatever. One or two. Have a pot of water boiling. Once the water is boiling, put your onions in there, turn it off. And the minute, like seriously, the time that takes you to grab a colander, put it in the sink. You're going to grab your onions, take the water off, put it in a mason jar, add apple cider vinegar, add a couple of ice cubes or water, Mexican oregano, salt and garlic, and a dash of sugar. Just a dash. And that will be really like everything. It goes with everything. A salsa. I'm going to surprise you with this one. Grilled six tomatoes and two serranos. Grilled half a white onion. One is charred to your perfection. Blended. Add a garlic, salt, and pepper. And a half a block of goat cheese. Oh, wow. Ah, you surprised me <laughs> with the goat cheese at the end. Okay, cool. I know. I That's told cool. you. Ah, cool. And you can add, instead of a lime, you can add a splash of balsamic vinegar. So you have tomatoes, grilled tomatoes, grilled serranos or jalapenos, grilled onions, blender, a splash of balsamic vinegar, half a, half a block of, of goat cheese, salt, and little fresh ground pepper. And that's all she wrote, my friend. Oh, thank you. I know what I'm going to do this weekend. That sounds wonderful. <laughs> that sounds wonderful. I'm sure I'm not going to be the only one. I'm going to finish and give you back your freedom with us after a series of rapid fire questions. You and I are going on a tasting tour in Tucson the next time I'm there. So what are, beside your location, of course, what are like the five spots that you will take me to? And it could be a restaurant, a food store, a bar, you know, whatever comes to your mind and okay. what you love. So besides Boca, of course, we're going to go to Anello Pizza. Okay. Then we're going to go to Cafe Desta. It's Ethiopian food. Mm. We're going to go to Saffron Bistro, which is Indian food. We're going to go to Daisy Mays, old school steakhouse. We're going to go to Tap and Bottle to have a nice, you know, glasses of wine and select, you know, a huge selection of beer. We can go to Borderlands, one of my favorite breweries in town. And then I'm going to take you to the piece of Resistance. I'm going to take you to Kingfisher. I like your French, <laughs> by the way, the piece of Resistance. The piece of Resistance. <laughs> Kingfisher. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. 
Yes. <laughs> because good. we're going to, you and me, we're going to fix the world over two martinis. Yes. A nice smoked trout. Mm-hmm. And you and me, my friend, will we'll fix the world. Oh, you know, I think we will start. <laughs> we will start. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. What's your favorite guilty pleasure food? Ooh, papitas, Mexican uh, chips. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Like those and all that. Mm-hmm. Blech, ah. It's good. Okay. With lime, salsa, yeah. and whoa. Okay. Yep. What are like the three cookbooks that inspired you the most in your career? Oof. I have one that nobody knows and every Mexican chef or Mexican person will know. It's called Doña Cuca. Every household in Mexico grew up with that book. I have, I stole my mom's second volume. It's not a cookbook, but it's the LaRouche, LaRouche Encyclopedia of, of Mexico. Oh, okay. Uh, of food. Yeah, that, it's my Bible. Anything with bread. I, I am a horrible baker. I want to have patience of baking. So right now I'm kind of like, if it's not bread, it will be any Asian, like Vietnamese or Korean or Japanese. I think Asian cuisine has a lot of similarities with Mexican cuisine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I like to incorporate it a lot in my cooking. That's yeah, those, some, something like that will catch my eye. Okay. Definitely. Is it going to be into one of the concepts that you are going to create, this Asian influence or connection? Or It does have the, the one on the farther yep. side of town. It's going to have a little bit of everything, but it's going to be Latino, Mexican, but you're going to taste a ginger or a Thai basil somewhere just to enhance my twists. Very cool. You know, I was thinking when listening to you, it reminded me, I had Carlo La Magna from the Filipino uh, restaurant in Nantes. And he was talking about the different influences, you know, in the, in the Philippines. And one of them that surprised me, I knew about like the Spanish influence, but he said more than the Spanish influence, it's the Mexican influence in the Philippines because there's a lot of the, the Spaniard went to Mexico first and then from Mexico went to the Philippines. So he said there's a lot it's of things funny. there. <laughs> so that reminded me of that when listening to you. It's funny that 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 you mentioned that you mentioned that because I was in one of the challenges I was I said oh the tofu challenge yeah the tofu challenge I was talking about my dish and I said well it was a tofu and it was the f- grilled fried tofu and I said well you know I got inspired by Asian and Mexican and Dale Talde said so you make Filipino food and I'm like Yes, I did. So <laughs> that's very cool. <laughs> Good stuff. Yeah, Great so story. yeah, it, I hear a lot of comparison yeah. in the Filipino cuisine and the Mexican cuisine. Mm-hmm. Very good. What is your biggest pet peeve in the kitchen? That people don't respect people. I don't yell at you. You don't yell at my people. Done. Beside the classics and con- what condiments, spices, sauces, dressing you like to have on hand at home? At home. I became in love with fish sauce okay. thanks to the show. Yeah. Salt, chili, any type of chili. Garlic powder I use a lot. What else? What else? What else? I like coconut. I had to have either coconut milk or almond milk, some sort of non-dairy situation. Mexican oregano I cannot live without. That's delicious, yes. So. 
Do you have like oh, a yeah. you have a, a favorite hot sauce? My own. Anything, <laughs> anything with chiltepin. Okay. Very good. Chef, thank you very much. I really appreciate uh, the you. time. It's excited. You have a great personality. So uh, it's it's uh, bring a lot of energy. That's great. And um, this was I, fun. I hope I, I will taste next time, you know, because I live in Jersey. So I'm not in Tucson every other weekend. So uh, the next time I come, I hope I can taste like your new uh, concept that you are going to open. And Please which- do. Just Call me, text me, and I would love to take you on that imaginary tour so we can make it for real. <laughs> okay. So we can make it real. Very good. And I keep my finger crossed and wish you all the best for the, your, you know, your new endeavors you know, soon to open. Muchas gracias. Thank you for listening today. I cannot wait to come back to Tucson to taste Chef Maria Masson's new restaurants. If you enjoy listening to this episode, please share it with a friend or a colleague, as I always welcome new listeners to the show. Don't forget to download the free digital recipe book from my website, flavorsunknown.com. I cannot believe that next episode will be episode 100, almost four years that I've been doing this podcast. I want to thank all my amazing guests and obviously every one of you. Some of you have been listening to the show from the beginning, so thank you for your ongoing support. And if you are a new listener, thank you for tuning in, and I hope you will like the show and will decide to follow it. For the next episode, my guest will be Chef Alisa Gangeri from Buttermilk Ranch in Nashville, Tennessee. Thanks for listening to Flavors Unknown. If you've enjoyed this episode, give us a follow on Instagram at flavorsunknown and visit us at flavorsunknown.com. Don't forget to leave us a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts.